Do you know uh, what these people had in common? Bon, uh, John Belushi, Kurt Cobain, Judy Garland, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Marilyn Monroe, Hank Williams Sr., and Elvis Presley. Well, many people will recognize at least a few of these names, won't they? But they all have in common, they're all dead. They're all dead. They're in another world. And all of their deaths were caused by suicide or the direct or indirect result of uh, the misuse of alcohol and drugs. And another thing they had in common, they were all extremely gifted. They had great gifts from their Creator. Another way they had, they, what they had in common was, they all became very well off, very wealthy because of their talents. And they seemed to have everything going for them that they wanted. Another thing they had in common, <clears throat> every one of them wasted their talents. Now, Jesus Christ had, had uh, many missions. One of them was to give his life in sacrifice. And as an example of the way humanity ought to conduct himself. In the distant past, in the mind of God, before man ever existed, humanity ever existed, we did not exist. But in the mind of God, we existed. And he conceived that we could be made and could be made to procreate. And he gave man a wife in order to do that. And that he would have human beings come in, in existence, and he'd give each one of them precious talents. And they could magnify him and worship him and glorify his name. He just had that ability to do that, and he did it. But there's another side of the story that he had some interference. And someone who had great power and prestige had fallen. And he had cast him down to a lower grade. And we don't know, but when we get to heaven, maybe we'll find out that he created us and conceived us in order to be lower than the devil and to show the devil that he could create a being lower than he was and still glorify and magnify his name. And what a shame if we disappoint God. What a shame. The people that I listed, uh, they are extreme examples of how talents can be wasted, 
and are examples of the worldly view of what you can and cannot do with a talent and with your gifts. None of these people, none of these people had put God at least first in their lives. But all of them touched people's lives. And what a revelation that is. They touched people's lives with their life and with their gifts and with their talents that God had blessed them with. Imagine the good they could have accomplished if they had put their faith in God. Just imagine what Elvis Presley could have done. And of course his dad was a preacher uh, and he did a lot of religious singing, but that's where he got his start. But just imagine what he could do and he could still be living and he could still be preaching the gospel and he could still be influencing lives. Although we may not be famous, suicide and drug and alcohol can still affect our life. And we can still be victims of wasting our talents and what God has created us for if we allow the devil to influence us and cause us to get in to that kind of behavior pattern. It's very easy for a person. When you get tired and worn out and your nerves just strip down to nothing and you just say, well, what's the use? It's very easy to get some kind of sedative or come some kind of pill or something to sort of take the load off, at least temporarily, but that's the way the devil works on us. Now, the antidote for that is prayer and trust in God. First, I would like to ask, what is, what is a, a talent? Uh, dictionary, Webster gives it, that it's a characteristic feature It's an aptitude. It's a disposition of a person. It's a special gift, often creative, often aptitude uh, in the artistic realm. Nowhere in this definition do we find the requirement, though, of being a great singer or a great speaker or a great doctor or a great athlete or a great uh, actor. That's not there, but it's possible that we could be. Just a characteristic feature or a characteristic uh, aptitude here or disposition is the thing that we want to understand God gives us. He, you know, if you'll go home tonight and read, and, and it'll help you just to read Psalms 139, 13 through 18. I read that Psalm 139 many times just for the presence of God. But 13 through 18, it lets you see, and God reveals that he knows when the baby is being formed in the womb, of a mother 
that he knows exactly what it's going to be and that he outlines the gifts and the talents and the aptitude of that person. And the mold is thrown away. He never makes two alike. And God knows it. And he designs each one of us differently. We're, we're, we're a great creation. We're great. All of us uh, have these descriptive terms, even though we haven't recognized. We have different gifts. God has blessed us. And you know, you, need, you nearly have to live your life of 70 years before you really appreciate people that really get on your nerves. There used to be, when, when a person clashed with me, it just, you know, I had to really get a hold of myself because I'd get the wrong attitude. And now I've, I've, I've gotten where I can just appreciate a person who is different from me. He likes different things, or she likes different things, or, or they, they, I, they'd get on my nerves if I didn't say, well, they, they must have real great, if they're that way, if they're that picky, if they're that perfectionistic, they've got to be a person that's going to contribute a lot. And they have some special gifts. I see that now because I've dealt with people and I know that I've had to eat my word and just say, oh, boy, this person that I, that I thought, look what a beautiful work they do, how they get along with people and what they've done, how they ex excelled in this. And we can appreciate people if we'll understand it that way. In Matthew 21, 19 through 20, Jesus cursed a fig tree. He cursed a fig tree because it bore no fruit. This is a parable in action representing, representing what can happen to us if we waste our talents. Now, if you get your New Testament, I want you to turn to Matthew 25. 25. 14 through 30, and we want to read this and and conclude our lesson because it's applying to you and to me. It, it's really a lesson that we can take home with us and it'll help us. The, the 14 through 30. Let's read this. For the kingdom of heaven is, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now that's the kingdom of heaven. That's people who have, who, who have a relationship with God. They should have a relationship with God. And the kingdom of heaven is, is made up of believers in God. And that's what we are. We're believers in God. And we want to bring out the best that's in us and recognize the best. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now that's Christ. When he came down and he showed us the way, he showed us how God, what God's expectation of humanity is, and that it's not possible for us to overcome the devil. And according to Hebrews, the second chapter, he says he tasted death for every man, and he abolished the power of the devil, and he gave us the right to be a son, and he is the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him and trust him and have faith in him. But he is the author and the perfecter of our faith, and we've got to trust that. 
And, and he's gone back, and, and, and he wants us. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, that's happened to every one of us. Now, it doesn't mean that this person with one talent was, was not as valuable in God's sight as the one with two or the one with five. God values every one of us. He said in a lesson in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, I mean in Romans, the 12th chapter, and also in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, that the human body is like the body of Christ, like the kingdom. And that every one of us, uh, the little finger doesn't say to the, to the mouth or to the ear or to the eye, I don't need you, neither does the eye say to that, but we're all important. And he's made that known. So they're all important, but he's, he, he, it's how we recognize our talents and our gifts and fit into the body in a working capacity. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. Now, you know, he didn't get that done by being afraid. <clears throat> he didn't get that done by undervaluating who he was. But he did it by recognizing opportunity <clears throat> and who he was. And in our own indication, he wanted to please that person that gave him those, and he did. And he abounded. He didn't have to live with his eye on hell thinking about how bad it was if he didn't develop those five talents. That's not the secret of good adjustment. Good adjustment is recognizing your talents and developing and making a glorious task out of it and knowing that God will help us and we can get it done. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. He knew it was the Lord's. He knew it wasn't his. That's the secret. When we understand that the gifts that we have and the way that we can read and understand and the way that we can help and understand people and the gifts that we can give to others by helping them along the way, it belongs to God, not us. Then is when we can be successful. And then we can bring it back and, and give it to God. And God gives us strength on the way. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Full of faith means that he had faith in himself as a one created by God given gifts to him by God, and that God was on his side, and that God would give him strength, and that is the secret. It's God that's doing it. And he brought it to him, and God, and he said, now the kingdom is like this. And look at the rewards that come. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy 
of thy Lord. And what a blessing. What's he teaching us? That our gifts and our talents belong to the Lord. Instead of saying, Instead of saying they belong to me, I'll use them the way I want, and nobody's business what I do. And getting overwhelmed with the flesh. Now look, the one who had the two did the same thing. It doesn't matter how many talents, how few, or how many we have. The main thing is recognizing God's gifts to us and developing them. Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. See, he knew the Lord had done that. We need to recognize our talent. We need to recognize what we can do. We need to, to do them, and if we don't use it, we lose it. Behold, look what I, I have gained two other talents besides them. Well, his Lord was just so happy with him, and he said, Well done, thou good, thou faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful for faith. He continued. He didn't do that on his own. He did it with the Lord's help. And that's what the word full of faith means. He was full of faith when he was developing those talents. We're full of faith when we're developing our ability to help others, to encourage others, and to, and to do service to others, and to develop that which God has given us. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now look at the difference. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee. This was my conception of thee. But thou art an hard man. Christianity doesn't have anything to offer. Not anything to it pessimistic all the way. Didn't appreciate the gifts he had. He, when he had one, he didn't appreciate that. Doesn't matter how few gifts you have. God can take it and turn it in double it or even more. If you don't believe that, you don't have faith. And he said, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where thou you didn't sow and gathering where thou hast not stroke. The only thing, he just didn't know God. And that's the reason why a lot of us cause our talents to deteriorate. We don't know God and who he is. He knows what we do. He knows what we think. He knows our possibilities. In fact, just to think that little tongue-tied boy that was hidden in the sea and the Pharaoh's daughter found him. And for three months he was hidden out there. Ninety days he was hidden out there. Somebody just gave him ready to kill him. That's what they were doing. And God just worked that out. Why would he take a little tongue-tied boy and save him? Well, the same reason he'd save his, other, his brother so he could speak for him. He knows how to work things out. And when Moses got up to 40 years old after he'd been taught and trained in all the ways of the Egyptians by that queen who had adopted him, he had to go act a fool and try to handle the thing by himself. Took him 40 years to find out he was a nobody. 
And then he had to run off into the desert, and he stayed there 40 years to find out he was a nobody. And when God appeared to him, he said, I want you to go lead the people out there, still slaves. And he said, no, I'm, he said, I can't, I can't even talk. I don't have the power. He gave four excuses, and God had an excuse, or had a reason for him to ignore those excuses, and it took him 40 more years to teach what God can do through a nobody. And he did. While he walked through on dry land by God's power. He led those people for 40 years in the wilderness with God guiding them by a cloud by day and a pillar by night, a fire, and giving them clothes that wouldn't wear out, that didn't even have a smell and odor on them. God can do things that we think he can't do. And that's what this is all about, is developing. And just accept ourselves as we are. There's no reason to have an inferiority complex if you believe in God and that you're created by him. He will take you where you are and he'll make you what he wants you to be. And look at that 25th verse, I was afraid. Well, thank God he told the truth. And fear is that which will undermine our aspirations and our trust in God. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to think, that you can't do it, that God can't do it. And he just hid that talent into the earth, and he said he did. At least he told the truth, but it gives us an insight into what we ought not to do. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Now, what is thine with faith in God can be doubled. And that's what God wants us to do. His Lord answered and said unto him, The wicked and your slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I sowed not and gathered where I have not sown, but at the same time he didn't put the faith in him that he could develop him. He just, he just brought fear to him. This is what you should have done. You should have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming, I should have received my own with usury. If you had just put it on and gotten 10%, that would have been good. I'm not that hard. See, he's not the opposite from what this person thought he was. All you have to do is just say, God, just accept me where I am. And help me, and he'll do it. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For every one, every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. Now you can't change it. That's a law like the law of gravity. If you want God's blessings and you want to get in the system of Christianity, you just put your trust in him, and he'll work things out. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Use it or lose it. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And we could ask the question, will he find faith upon the earth? 
That's what Luke has. I'm going to leave it with you this evening. I know that you have problems and difficulties. But your, your uh, solution lies in you understanding you're a gifted individual just to be alive and just to be living on God's earth and having the, the, the fact that he is, you're created of him and that he can bless you and help you. You don't have to make it hard and difficult and mope and fear. Just take your hand and put it in the hand of Jesus of Nazareth and he'll help you. He'll help you. He'll come into your life if you'll accept him as the Savior and as the Lord and as the Creator and repent of your foolish ways in not and having confidence in your own self and not him. Repenting of your sins and being buried with him in a watery grave of baptism to walk in newness of life. That's what it is to be born again and you become a member of his kingdom as we stand together and sing.